Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickstrom with my tag team partner, Matt Story. There was a big shakeup in Matt's personal Final Four for college football today based on the public news. And there's been a moderate shakeup to mine, although it has nothing to do with that. I just changed my mind earlier today. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, you were you were on Ohio State to win the Big Ten. Are you sticking with that, or you want to? Oh, I, well, I I, I had Wisconsin to win oh, that's the true. game. You did. you did. You had Ohio State winning their division. Yes. Yeah. So I am sticking. sticking with that. I am sticking with the Badgers over Ohio okay. State because there's a lot okay. of talent there. And oh, there is. Yeah, they're know. they're not gonna they're not gonna fall apart and go uh, six and six. I don't think. But uh, yeah, over the course of this phone call, I'll have to decide whether I want to stick with them or not because I haven't decided yet. In the meantime, we are going to do our Pac-12 preview, which is going to be a little bit more detailed and in-depth than the four-conference preview. Yes. I, in large part because I know more of what I'm talking about with the Pac-12. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, and uh, I may not know as much, so yeah, you, you may have to carry some of this a little bit. But, but yeah, the Pac-12 is close to home. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's where our heart is with ASU and and uh, going out. So, yeah, let's let's dive in. Well, first, let's start with the media picks. Um, yeah, and, and maybe I shouldn't do this because of how closely mine mirrors the media picks. But <laughs> but the North Division, there were forty two total votes, forty first place votes for Washington, one each for Stanford and Oregon, right. uh, Cal fourth under Justin Wilcox, Washington State, and we'll get into the, you know, yeah. sort of the the unfortunate circumstances of that program, yeah. uh, pick yeah. to finish fifth, and despite everything that's gone on there, uh, Oregon State still projected worse. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and probably deservedly so, based on what they've done the last few years. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's amazing to think how not too long ago Oregon State was, was viewed as a you know, one of those sleeper programs that was always pretty good, never great, but always pretty good. Boy, that's really changed a lot the last few years. A couple of winless seasons in the conference, including last year, they got a long way to go. They could always bring back Mike Riley. <laughs> yeah, well, they did briefly, at least as a as an assistant. But then he uh, didn't he go to the new uh, AAF or whatever it's called. Yeah. He so did. yeah, yeah, going with the going with the former quarterback Jonathan Smith, and you know we'll see how he does. Uh, I mean he's got a he's got a lot of work to do, uh, but but they'll give him the time to do it. You know we've we've talked about ASU a lot over the course of this offseason and the the idea that we're not stomaching a rebuild. Well, Oregon State should be able to stomach a rebuild. It's that's what it is, and it's going to take some time. Well, remember they have a baseball program that they're proud of. So they do, they do. Yeah, I mean, and the the football program has fallen into really bad times. Ours is not. So that's where the difference is. You know, we're not, we're, we're bringing in a new coach off a seven and five season. They're bringing in a new coach off a one and 11 season. So it's a, it's a whole different ball game there. So as we take a quick tour around the North, Washington projected to be the class of the conference and, and with good reason, they've got Jake Browning yeah. and Miles Gaskin back. Their offensive line is anchored by two senior tackles who've been with Browning yeah. his entire career. Uh, th- One who was, was probably a first-round pick last year if he hadn't gotten hurt, uh, Trey Adams, who's you know supposed to be a, a, a top prospect this year. Um, defense has a lot of guys back. Yeah, they they are they are definitely the team to beat. I think in the entire conference, um, the North has a you know a couple of threats. It won't be a cakewalk, but they they are certainly the best team. I think those couple of threats I think start with Stanford and Oregon. Yeah. Um, 
Bryce Love is back, and he's really, really, really good. So, yeah, oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, and, and uh, you know, the, the interesting thing for me will be um, the quarterback play they get. You know, what we've seen with, with them is when they get, uh, you know, Kevin Hogan was never a star, but he was pretty pretty good. Uh, and, and I'm talking after Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was obviously a star, Heisman candidate, all that. Um, you know, Kevin Hogan was just a pretty darn good quarterback, never a, you know, all-American or anything like that. They've, they've struggled since him and, and, you know, kind of patched it together. Uh, I'm curious if KJ Costello can take the next step. He looked decent at times last year. Um, you know, they lost Keller Christ. Uh, you know, he's off to Tennessee now as a grad transfer. So it's Costello and Davis Mills, who was a big recruit too, but injured all of last year. And I think some question about whether he'll ever really be the, the prospect he was supposed to be because of his health. So, uh, you know, to me, that's the big thing with them. They'll be able to run the ball. You know that. But their defense last year wasn't very good. And, and you know, and then, so it's, I'm curious, you know, can they get back to the defensive style that they have, you know, made their specialty? And can they get good enough quarterback play to really challenge and win, you know, 10-plus games? Costello got banged up last year, um, but he is expected to be ready for the start of the season. Yeah. Um, you know, it's... It, did, Shaw's not one for much public, you know, chest pounding. No, anyway, no, not at all. But uh, he's keeping his cards very close to the vest, as far as, as always. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's 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 right. You know, he's a uh, he's a dull personality in that sense. I mean, he's not a headline maker as a head coach. Uh, very different than his predecessor, who you know makes headlines all the time with things he says. Um, uh, you know, Shaw is is you know robot david shaw as we've as we've discussed um and and you know that's uh, but he's good you know he's he's I've, I've been critical of him a number of times but at this point you know you can't you can't really argue that he's done a really good job there of keeping things together it's no longer jim harbaugh's program i mean he's this is his eighth year so it's uh it's his thing it's, and it's he's more kept it on track. than it's been harbaugh's now it is. i mean yeah without a doubt yeah yeah i mean harbaugh turned it around and got things trending in the right direction obviously for them um, Shaw came in and kept it going, and I wondered if it would fall apart after two or three years, but it hasn't. He's he's kept it going pretty well, and yeah, they might have the best player in the conference. I think with Bryce Love, uh, certainly one of the best, um, and a, you know, a Heisman preseason favorite, deservedly so, based on what he did last year. Uh, you know, can he stay healthy? He probably would have won the Heisman last year if he had stayed healthy. You know, he was so banged up over the second half of the season. Um, but yeah, they they to me are the biggest threat. To Washington, uh, but I'm not sure they can actually overcome Washington. The other team that I think is the threat uh, is Oregon. The Ducks obviously uh, have Justin Herbert, who's going to be yeah. key to their offense. He, you know, yeah. he, he's a veteran of the conference. He's been through the battles, and, and yeah. he's a talented quarterback. And, and their defense is led by linebacker Troy Die. Mm-hmm. Matt, they, and they brought back uh, Jim Levitt, didn't they? They brought in because everybody thought he was going to go with Willie Taggart, mm-hmm. but he ended up coming back, and he did a really good job for them coaching the defense last year. He's obviously a great job at Colorado a couple years ago. So they're an interesting program for sure. Do you think that Oregon has – is it safe to say that the firepower that they've had from Chip Kelly, which waned under Helfrich and – 
is it is it gone now? Are they no longer the darlings? Is the neon green jersey no longer scary? I think yeah. I mean, they're still good. It's it's not to say they aren't any good, but I I think um, maybe what we've seen with Oregon the last few years is a little bit like what we've seen go back about ten years, you know, prior and and what's happened since with Virginia Tech. A program that was kind of an also ran, not really, you know, anything to be taken seriously on a year to year basis that became a power and and contended for national titles. And then, you know, the dominance kind of waned. They're still really good. We talked about them last year or last week with the ACC. Um, you know, they're not they're not a bad program. They haven't slipped into going, you know, two and ten. But the the special feel, the feel that they can contend for national championships doesn't seem to be there anymore. And I think that's been the case at Oregon. They're still good, but the air of invincibility is gone. And, and it was just, a, you know, it was a matter of time. Um, you know, Chip Kelly had that thing rolling so well, but then he left and Helfrich kind of let it slip. And then Willie Taggart was only there for a year. Now he's gone to Florida State. So... You know, this is their fourth head coach in, what, six years, seven years? Mm-hmm. I mean, Chip Kelly just started with the Eagles. Well, it wasn't 2012, his last year. Yeah. So seven seasons, they've had four head coaches. That's uh, that's not a great way to, you know, build a power or keep a power going. One thing that I think this season will show us with the Ducks is whether Autzen is a tough place to play or if Autzen is, you know, the 2000s version or the – 2010s version of the LA Coliseum where it's tough Coliseum, because yeah. the, the players made it tough not to and I think it, I think it's both but I think probably more likely it's it's the latter as most places are I mean you know you can have the greatest crowd atmosphere ever but if the team you're putting out there isn't good enough they're gonna get beat and I think what was it two years ago when Washington rolled in there and just just steamrolled them uh, now, Oregon wasn't very good that year. I think they missed a bowl game. Um, well, and this was the win the decade, overcoming the win the decade. It yeah. was, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a statement for Washington, and Washington was playing great. I mean, that was that Washington was in a stretch there in 2016 where they were playing as well as anybody, and it, it didn't keep up all year. And that's why they, you know, even though they got to the playoff, they didn't really put their best foot forward because they kind of had flipped. But, boy, it, I mean, that was the night that you were here when we went to see UCLA in Tempe and I, I then they beat him like 70 to 21 or something like that. It was, it, it was, was a beat, beat down. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't the only beat down they took at home. And so, yeah, I think that's a big part of what I mean when I say the air of invincibility is gone. Uh, they're still good, but they're not, uh, they're not the scary. Oh my God, we're going to Austin. We have no chance to win. That's that kind of has been punctured a bit. The one team who we haven't really mentioned at all in the North is the Cal Bears. Yeah. Uh, Wilcox's first season got them pointed in the right direction from the end of the Sonny Dykes era, which went terribly yeah. uh, at yeah. the end. Yeah. You know, and, and this year, I think Cal could get to bowl eligibility, which would be a big move for them. I think so, too. They were close last year. I mean, had they beaten um, UCLA at the end of the year, they were they were going to be 6-6, six and six, and they were they were a surprise last year. I think last year when we did this Pac-12 discussion, we kind of both agreed Cal was probably the worst of all 12, and that was not the case. They they overachieved a bit. They you know they had a couple non-conference wins that looked better when they won them than, than, than they turned out. They beat North Carolina and Ole Miss. Neither of those programs turned out to be very good at all last year, but we're still, you know, solid wins to win on the road at Carolina and beat Ole Miss and, um, and, and then hung in there in the Pac-12. I mean, they, uh, 
I think they went, you know, three and six or something in the conference. So it wasn't great, but they were competitive. They, you know, they lost tough games to Stanford, to UCLA, to USC, I remember. Um, you know, and, and yeah, he, he's got to play good defense, which they never did under Sonny Dykes. They were, you know, always a arena football team, basically, with him. Um, and, you know, they got they got solid play from, from a, you know, young quarterback, Ross Bowers, who I assume is the starter again. Um, you know, they're, they're solid. I don't think they can win the division. I don't think they can win, you know, nine games. But, um, you know, a seven-win season, I think, is reasonable to, to think might be possible. Yeah, look, if they get to seven and five, that is a huge boon for this program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're on, the, on the rise, it appears. Uh, you know, good first year for him, and they did well. But, yeah, I think they're, they're comfortably in the middle of this division. Um, I, I feel like, you know, my, I think, you know, you said it, my kind of hierarchy on this division matches a lot of what the media projected as well. Um, I, you know, in fact, I may go exactly according to that, I think. I, I am going to go according to it. I, I thought about considered flip-flopping Washington State to four and dropping Cal to five. But, yeah, yeah. but there's just so much with that program with uh, Helinski's uh, suicide last offseason yeah. and obviously having to replace Falk and now having to replace right. him. And, you know, right. Mike Leach is many things, but he's not necessarily a, um, a, a the kind of coach who can deal with constant change at quarterback. That's not yeah, his strength. yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, it'll it'll be interesting to see who the starter even is. I mean, they got they got a whole bunch of guys who who it could be. You know, they got a true freshman that they might start. They got uh, a true Bledsoe's kid as a walk on that I know is kind of a factor. They got a couple other former walk ons I think that that are on scholarship now. So it's it's totally open. I don't. I mean, they are the most hard to predict as far as who's going to be the quarterback and. Um, you know, and uh, you, then you factor in they lost their defensive coordinator who was so good for them last year. He went to Ohio State, um, uh, you know, and, and so that was something that they had, you know, unusual for a Mike Leach team was to have a pretty good defense. You lose the coach. Mike Leach is wandering eye in the offseason. He ended up staying, but, you know, you wonder if he's, is he all in there? Is he, you know, still thinking that he should have gone somewhere else? There's a lot going on there that, that seems like it's going to be hard to overcome. And for all of those reasons, I have them fifth. Oregon State bringing up Oregon State sixth again. I think Oregon State is a huge rebuilding project that will take some time. I mean, for them, I think it should probably be less about the record and more about you know how did they play? Do they do they look like they have a clue? Are they competitive? Um, You know, can they do kind of what Cal did last year, which is go from a terrible season to at least, you know, putting something together, maybe win three or four games, be competitive in your losses and, you know, just try to build something. It's going to take some time. Um, and they are obviously, you know, we're, we're going to do our ASU game by game later on in, in the month of August. Um, they are the team of, you know, in the PAC 12 schedule that I think, you know, especially cause it's at home, you circle that game as a, as an have to win type of game for ASU to have any kind of decent season. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Oregon State 6, I, and I'm going, you know, I'm going Washington State 5, Cal 4, uh, Oregon 3, Stanford 2, and Washington 1, and uh, we didn't talk too much about Washington. Uh, I mean, for me, the, the million-dollar question for them is, what's the real Jake Browning? Is it the guy who was, you know, tearing up 
the, the league and the nation for eight games in 2016? Or is it the guy who kind of sputtered last year? Didn't really have a great year. Never really seemed to get comfortable. Uh, you know, was that the fluke or was 2016 the fluke? And I, I, I'm not sure. If I was more confident that he could rediscover that form, I'd have them as a playoff team. But I'm just not totally sure on him. Spoiler alert. Uh, they are on my playoff team. Do you? Okay. Okay. I mean, they, they got a lot of uh, elements that you – you know, consider certainly. But yeah, I mean, look, senior quarterback, talented running back, yeah, consistent offensive line, good, you know, good defense, good defense. really good defense. Probably should be the best defense in the league. I think you know, given everything that's coming back, um, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, they they have everything you could want. Um, and if Browning plays like he did two years ago, I think they can get to the playoff. Um, I think they can maybe win the Pac-12 even without that. Um, but to me, a big one, I mean, and, and I hate to say, but that opening game is huge for them. And it's huge for the Pac-12 in general. Because I could see, you know, let's say Washington, they go to Atlanta, they play Auburn. They don't play well. They get beat by, you know, a couple touchdowns. It's convincing. They could run the table from there and be left out of the playoff because the Pac-12 perception isn't good. And they're not going to have any other signature games to win because there's not really another great team that doesn't appear in the Pac-12. That opening game is is very significant for them. I think they need it to really be a playoff team. I think they need it, and I think that in the South they need someone to emerge and be very good, or yeah. or they need Stanford to be undefeated when they uh, a ten you know. plus win team. Yeah, yeah, and and you know get us get a quality win over them. But I agree. You know if they could have a, a big win in the Pac-12 title game. I don't think that's going to happen because I don't see anybody emerging from the South as a really, really good team. I mean, somebody's going to win the division, and we'll talk about it, obviously, but um, I don't see anybody emerging from that being an 11-1 and type of team from the South. So here's what the media said about the South. Five teams got a first-place vote. Right. ASU did not. USC led the way, 22 first-place votes. Utah second, they had 14. Arizona three, UCLA two, Colorado one. Yeah. I don't go straight with this analysis no, off of what the I. media does. I, I, Everyone has questions in this division. You know, USC yeah. and UCLA are replacing first-round quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Utah's don't know who's even replacing them yet. Totally mm-hmm. wide open at both spots. It seems like, uh, yeah. U- Utah's bringing back a quarterback there, you know, but it's a quarterback who's injured all the time. Yes, yeah. he has been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. It's it is uh, it's a very hard division to predict, and maybe it's because we know it better. Um, but we talked about so many divisions, you know, in the other conferences and, and uh, you know, that seemed fairly easy to see what was coming. We could be wrong, but at this point it seems like, okay, you'd be really surprised if it wasn't this team or the one of these two teams. Uh, this division, I mean, truly, I think you could make a case for any of the six teams and not be crazy. I mean, if I don't, you wanna, I don't think any of them are outlandish. I want to do this. I'm, I want to pick apart what each team's dealing with, okay? Yeah. ASU... UCLA and Arizona all are dealing with new head coaches. Right. USC, UCLA, dealing with trying to find a new quarterback. New quarterbacks, yep. Colorado, dealing with being Colorado. 
Yeah, a disappointing year last year. You know, I mean, after, after such a big upswing in 2016. Exactly. Colorado is the team version of Jake Browning. What was real? You know, was 2016 real and they just took a little step back, but they're going to get back to what they were? Or was 2016 the fluke? And I think most people are leaning toward 2016 was the fluke, but who knows? We'll see. Meanwhile, you've got Utah, who is basically the South's version of Stanford. They are consistent, yeah, but they are rarely number one right. at, at the, uh, you know, at the, yeah. you know, everyone else. They're always in the top three. It feels like, right, and right. they never can overcome that it's, hurdle. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre. I mean, all the other five teams have won the division at least once since the division started in 2011, and Utah is the one that hasn't, and yet I think you could probably make a pretty good case Utah has been the most consistently good. I think they're the only team in the seven years that has had a you know, winning, a bowl record, at least 500 or better, all seven years. Um, and yet they've never won the division, even though they've had a couple really good opportunities. Two years ago especially was, was their best opportunity. They went into November... I think ranked in the top five in the country and, and it looked like it was theirs and they got beat at USC and never really recovered from that. So yeah, they, they've, they've been the most consistently good, but never the best since the divisions have started. Which makes, this is why it's hard to make the picks. So I'm just going to, I think maybe the way to do this is I'm just going to go through how I rank them and I'll give you my rationale for yeah. why. All right. Uh, so I'm going USC based on pure talent. I know they don't yeah. have a quarterback set yet. I, I, yet. I understand but. that. But they've got a good defense. Cameron Smith could be the defensive yeah. player of the year this year at linebacker. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think 10 starters back on defense or yeah. something like that from what I heard, yeah. Um, and look, I know that JT Daniels is a freshman, but he's good. Yeah, I've, he all the, report, really good. Yeah, all the reports he indicate the- he could be good, and they – they're not afraid to start a freshman. That you know, no, that's something no, that that not. school does. So yeah, yeah, no. I mean, he could be the, and if he is as good as advertised, then they should be the team to beat. And that to be based on the talent. I think you're right. And and I'm gonna not that it's the be all end all, but Athlon Sports unit rankings for the conference. They rank one to six at running back, receiver, O line, D line, linebacker, defensive back. Uh-huh. USC is in the top six in the conference on all of those. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know in the South, I don't believe anyone else is in all of them. Probably not. You I know, would, I, would I did a, a, right. a, a cursory look. ASU is not. U of yeah. A is not. Well, we know they shouldn't be. Yeah. You know, uh, USC is, but UCLA is not. No. I mean, yeah, they're the only one. So by, yeah. by just pure talent across the board and, and the fact that Clay Helton proved enough to me yeah. that I, I believe in him, I'm picking them one. Okay. You're not going to like my two, but I'm picking the U of A two. Okay. I'm picking U of A two because they have the easiest schedule as far as misses – of anyone in the South. Who do they miss? I don't honestly even know. They miss Washington and Stanford. Do they really? Okay. Okay. And because they miss Washington and Stanford, uh, you know, I, 
I just think it's going to be harder for everyone else. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you'd think so. Obviously, you know, that that's uh, – we both agreed they were the top two teams in the North, so not having to play them seems like a good break for them, obviously. And, and you know, Sumlin struggled at A&M, but he's got a quarterback there. Uh, I believe he brought Mazone, Noel Mazone, in to be the offensive coordinator, which Tate's, you know, probably a better on-paper version of what, you know, Mazone would be looking for because he's athletic, he can run a spread, but he can throw the ball a little bit. Uh, You know, they they have the same problem as last year where they have nothing behind him. Right, Um, right. But if he's healthy and and just – Scheduling alone, when you get to miss the top two teams in the other side, that's good. Um, and then I have Utah three. It's another okay. one of those things where I think Utah's good, uh, you know, but yeah, they are they are the prove it team to me. If you yeah. if they're gonna if, I gotcha. I, if they're gonna win the South, they need to win the South before I pick them. Okay, um, okay. I understand. And then you know UCLA with Chip Kelly. They're, you know, I, I want to believe. I guess if yeah. I'm a, as a Pac-12 fan, not an ASU fan, but as a Pac-12 fan, I want to believe Chip Kelly's going to turn them around and, and mm. we'll have another legit team. Yeah, I don't think that it'll be this year, but I think he'll get them to a bowl this year. Yeah, and next year, watch out. Um, I got us finishing fifth and Colorado sixth. Okay. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll obviously talk a lot about ASU. Yes. But, you know, the, there's a lot of question marks. We're bringing in a whole new defense. Oh, sure. You no, know, no doubt. We've, no got, doubt. we've got the best receiver. Maybe the whole receiving core is the best in the conference. But obviously, Harry, I think everyone agrees, is the best receiver in the yeah. conference. And, yeah. And that's good. I, I don't think Colorado has anything – you know, that great. That's good. I agree. So I I have us fifth and them sixth. I'm not sure that we get bowl eligible. I I do not think Colorado gets bowl eligible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got some differences, but not at the bottom. Uh, I have Colorado sixth as well because of the fact that I I think, you know, what they did two years ago was impressive. And I don't, I don't want to call it a fluke, but um, they lost a lot. They lost their defensive coordinator, um, they lose Philip Lindsay, who was such a big part of what they did last year. I think he's gone, right? Yeah. Am I? Am I? I don't want to be wrong on that. Sounds I, stupid. I believe um, he's But I gone. thought he was gone. I'm pretty sure he's he's with a. I think he was an undrafted free agent somewhere. I'm pretty sure I heard. You know. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm not too high on them. I mean, they're not bad. And, and let me, you know, let me put the caveat on there. Like I said, this could go just the opposite direction, and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, like if Colorado were to win the division. I'd be, I guess, surprised, but not like stunned or shocked or anything like that. I, I mean, it is to me, it's a very even and wide open division, probably more than any of the major conferences have. Um, five, I'm going UCLA. I, I think you're right. Uh, you know, I think Chip Kelly will do well there, but I wonder how well. Um, you know, he uh, he took over an Oregon program that was already really good, and now he made him better, but. A lot of things were in place. Mike Bellotti had done a good job. Nike was really, you know, pumping them up. As we talked about, they were they were on the edge of getting that, you know, air of, of invincibility. And he pushed them over the edge. Um, this is a different, you know, this is this is a program that he's going to have to build. 
Uh, now they've got a little bit of talent, but I don't think they got a quarterback. I mean, Wilton Spate's a nice, you know, veteran guy, but I don't think he can run that offense. They got a true freshman, Dorian Thompson Robinson, who I think they like, but true freshman, you wonder how, how ready he really is. He wasn't there in the spring either. Um, so I got UCLA five. I'm going Arizona four. Your point about the schedule, I think, is is correct. Um, I'm just, I don't think they're going to be very good defensively. Um, and I'm not, I'm just not on the Kevin Sumlin train just yet. Uh, if he starts winning there, I'll be more than happy to, to fear him, respect him, whatever. I, I'm not running scared just yet. Maybe I'll eat these words, but I'm not. Uh, and I'm not so sold on Khalil Tate being this, you know, unbelievable greatest player in the history of football. Uh, he had, you know, four great games against mostly average teams last year. And then as, time, as the schedule got tougher when they played USC and Oregon, he wasn't as good. And, and you know, that's to be expected. Those are better teams. But um, I'm just not, not sold completely. He's good, but I'm not sold that he's, uh, you know, on the way to winning the Heisman and being the number one overall pick or anything just like that. And then I'm going to ASU 3, optimism overflowing, I realize. I think we're going to be – I'm going to bank that we're going to be really good offensively and that the defense will have enough wrinkles different from what they did last year that may be hard to adjust to. We're, we're totally different approach, and we both agreed, you know, teams got to beat on our defense over the course of time with Graham. They won't have that anymore. And so I'm going to – you know, I don't think we're going to be, you know, the 85 Bears by any means, but I think we'll be good enough defensively to win, you know, seven, seven or so games maybe. Um, I got USC two and Utah one. Uh, think USC's got the most talent, but I I don't know that Clay Helton will start Daniels right out of the gate. I think he'll start. He'll do what he did with Max Brown. He'll start one of the older guys. They won't be as good. They'll get off to a bumpy start. He'll go to Daniels, and they might get a lot better. But it might be too late to win the division. And I think uh, I think Utah finally breaks through. I'm going with stability, quarterback back. Long tenure head coach. I, I think this is the year they can ascend to the top. It, look, it's a hard place to play. They're a talented, disciplined football team. I, I can't argue with you. I, you know, I like we said when we started. I think this is a tough division to play. Uh, it is. It and, is. Yeah. I mean, there's there's nothing that you said that I would totally disagree with, and nothing that I said that I'm really strongly convicted behind like there's there's nothing i'm like well i'm gonna pound the table that this is the best team or this is the worst team or this team's overrated or this team's underrated I, I really don't know um and and the uncertainty of this division plays into you know i said i think asu can win seven games in all honesty i i don't know <laughs> like i have gone through and we're gonna we're gonna do it later on in the month um but you know there is so much i i that last stretch, and I don't know if we've talked about this yet, you know, but I know I've, I've thought about it. That last stretch of four games, three of which are South teams, Utah, UCLA, and Arizona, I'm just not sure what to expect because I don't know what will be, and I don't know what any of those three teams will be. And that's what makes the season kind of so hard to predict where it might go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, you, you and I love doing that preview. Yes. I have no idea. I mean – there, there's a chance that between now and the end of the month when we do that, that I will have completely flipped on our borderline bowl eligibility. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Right now, I think 
somewhere between five and seven or four, four and eight on the low end and seven yeah. and five on the high end. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think to expect more than seven wins is being a, a crazy optimist and I, you know, Hey, it's August. You can be a crazy optimist in August. Um, but yeah, I mean, to, to say you're expecting that is a bit much to hope for it. Sure. That's what August is all about. Uh, you know, nobody's lost a game yet. And you always hope, you know, maybe you're the magical team this year that wins 10 games that no one saw coming. Um, but you know, realistically with the schedule we play, uh, non-conference and then the you know the conference breakdown going on the road to washington to usc to oregon to arizona um i mean to expect much better than seven and five is is you know you're really hoping that herb edwards has some magic up his sleeve yeah so i have washington playing usc in the conference title game and and i have washington winning and as i said I will unveil that Washington is my first playoff team confirmed. Okay, okay. Well, I have Washington beating Utah, and I pretty much alluded to it earlier that I don't have Washington in the playoff, which means I have the Pac-12 not getting a playoff team for what would be, what, the third time in five years? Consistency is what we do in this conference. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I think Washington's the best hope. Stanford, I suppose, has a shot because they always, you know, they play Notre Dame, so they've got a, a signature non-conference game there, um, and they might have a Heisman candidate. But I just, I don't know that they are good enough all around to, to you know, win the conference. But uh, and USC's always got a shot because they're USC, you know, and then they'll, you know. But if Utah wins the conference at at ten and two or eleven and one, I don't think they got much of a chance. I mean, it comes down to you know. Sometimes name recognition, preseason hype, stuff like that still matters. And I don't know that uh, there's enough depth in the conference for someone to come out of nowhere and, and get there unless they're 12-0, and 0, which I don't think anybody in this conference is good enough to go 12-0. and 0. Maybe Washington, I think. Maybe, maybe. But I, I don't think Washington wins week one. Uh, I mean, I think they'll get beat by Auburn there in week one, and that'll, that'll puncture that hope. Now, they could run the table after that. Wouldn't surprise me. But I think going down south to play Auburn week one is, is a tough draw for them. Now, if they win, they got a great chance to, you know, build on it and, and you know, make some noise nationally. I think it's good Jake Browning. That's – I've got a lot of that's eggs the, in the good the Jake bet. Browning basket. Yeah, that, that is the bet. I mean, if you told me he was going to play like he did most of 2016 prior to, you know, about week 10, uh, yeah, I'd be on board with you. But I've just uh, – well, I mean, I saw him play twice last year. I saw him play, you know, against against ASU and then in the Fiesta Bowl. And neither time was I that impressed. And, and you know, just over the course of the whole season, um, he just didn't look like anything special. He's solid. You know, he's not bad. Don't get me wrong. But um, the, the special talent that looked like it was there in 16 was not there last year. Now, maybe he was still coming back from injury and, you know, surgery in the offseason and all that. Um, they lost their top receiver, you know, before last year. Um, so, you know, maybe things will settle back in and he'll get back to playing like the superstar he looked like. That's what I'm banking on. So I, I will run through my playoffs. I have Washington as the three seed. I have okay. them doing battle with the mighty Badgers of Wisconsin as the two seed. Okay. And I have Alabama Clemson as the one four. Okay. Okay. So you got Alabama Clemson part four, right? They yep. played three years in a row. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So give me your give me your game to game breakdown, and then I'll give you mine. So I've got Alabama over Clemson 
Washington over Wisconsin, and okay. and then your consistent national champion Alabama. Okay. Because okay. I I pick with my heart and my All right. All right. Well, I will go. Uh, uh, my number one seed. I'm going to go Clemson. Um, my number two, I'll go Alabama after winning the SEC title game. My number three, I'll go Michigan. And uh, they cannot, you know, the idea of a Saban Harbaugh back and forth for a few weeks before a bowl game that's a playoff game would be, you know, manna from heaven for the sports media. Um, and then, well, I was going to go number four, Ohio State, uh, but I'm no longer doing that. I don't know what to expect. I mean, if, if things, you know, even out and look, uh, I don't know whether Urban Meyer is going to coach this year or not. Who knows? Um, you know, I would have lost money on betting that Sean Miller would still be the U of A basketball coach. So I'm, you know, until a guy's fired, I'm not going to count him as fired just yet. Um, but I'm not banking on them right now. So by default, even though I said last week, I didn't know that this, I thought this could happen. I'm going to go Georgia as the number four. Ooh. Get two teams from the SEC. Are you doing Alabama, Georgia again? I'm not. I'm going to go Clemson over Georgia and Alabama over Michigan, setting up Clemson, Alabama four and three in the championship game and two titles in three years. The Clemson Tigers bring it home. All right. So both of us have Alabama playing into January. One of us has them winning, the other not. Um, And we are, we're split. And we both have our respective Big Ten winner in. We do. We do. Yes. Yes. And we both got Alabama winning the SEC and getting in. Um, and you have Clemson, right? Clemson winning the ACC and yeah, getting in. Yeah, I have Clemson. So we're not, we're not too different. We both have Alabama, Clemson both in. You have Wisconsin, Washington, and I have Michigan, Georgia. The last thing before we go, the Heisman picks – I have four finalists and a winner. Okay. My four finalists are Bryce Love and Wisconsin running back Jonathan Taylor. Okay. And then Washington quarterback Jake Browning and West Virginia quarterback Will Greer. I, I'm okay. staying aboard okay. the Will Greer train from earlier that All I think right. they finished second in the conference, uh, but win okay. the conference title game. And gotcha. he, and he like gets it. to go to – the ceremony to watch Jonathan Taylor win it. I am okay. all in on okay. the Badger team this year. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, I'll give and, you four. And I was going to say, Go to ahead. the extent that I have a dark horse, I'm counting Will Greer as my dark horse. Okay. Fair enough. Yes. Yes. I'll give you, I'll give you four names. I agree with you on Bryce Love. Got him being a finalist. My other three are quarterbacks. Uh, one is Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, Picked him to eventually win a Heisman um, last year. Said I thought he could. Uh, two, well, third finalist is the quarterback that I believe will win the national championship, and that is true freshman Trevor Lawrence. Mm. And last finalist and the winner, Shea F. Patterson from Michigan. Wow. Just All in. Ri- Just ripping the hearts out of people in Oxford. All in on Michigan. If if there's one theme I've got for this year and one ship I may go down with, it's Michigan Wolverines. I've got them winning the Big Ten, playoff, Heisman. I'm all in. 
chips to the middle of the table. Harbaugh National Coach of the Year? Yes. Well, there you go. Yes, yes. You don't get any more certain than that. That's 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 my again. Uh, you know, picking Clemson and Alabama fairly safe. Not too many people think that's crazy. Picking Georgia, not too crazy. Um, but yeah, my my three that I debated over the last month or so was Patterson, Tungavailoa, and Lawrence. Thought about going Lawrence because I think he could do it, but I'm a little wary of picking someone that I'm not totally confident will start the whole year. I think if they start the year with Bryant. Um, I think he might start the whole year, but I'm kind of hedging my bets there. So that's why I'm going to Patterson. Uh, you know, it, it, it was a toss-up for me. A month ago, I was going to say Lawrence, but I'm, I'm, I'm going all in on Shea Patterson. Yeah. it's uh, He's your guy. You've stalked him from high school. You're, you'll have seen him at both college stops. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember, you know, reading the first time I read his name was when he committed to Ole Miss – uh, as a junior, I believe in high school, and and you know he was compared to Eli Manning, best best recruit they'd gotten since Eli, and of course that caught my eye, and uh, you know I, I fell in love with his game when I watched him play as a true freshman. I met him at the Manning Academy uh, in between his freshman and sophomore year. He was a cool guy. I thought, not to say I know him, I'm not going to be that guy, uh, but you know nice guy. In the in the you know thirty second meeting I had with him. Um, Fun to see him at Ole Miss. We're going to see him again in uh, Evanston in less than two months. So I'm, I'm all in on the Patterson bandwagon, and I'll go one step further. He's going to be the top quarterback picked in the draft next year. Wow. Bold. There you go. Although I'm not sure who I would fight you with. It's not. It's not. I mean, that's something we can, you know, obviously discuss as the year goes along, see who emerges. But it's not a uh, not like last year. There's not a consensus favorite. Uh, Greer is, is a guy that's been talked about. Jared Stidham at Auburn. Um, I, you know, I, I'm I'm really banking on this Patterson Harbaugh connection. I think Patterson is tremendously talented. I think Harbaugh is a really good coach, and I think their marriage is going to be perfect. They they need each other. Harbaugh needs a talented quarterback to coach up. Patterson needs a talented quarterback coach to get him to play his best. And here they are, ready to walk down the aisle. It's what my people call kismet. That's right. That's right. That yes. Doing. Yes. I mean, I, I believe last year when the Ole Miss cloud was forming and Michigan was kind of struggling, I believe I even said to you that I thought, you know, if Shea Patterson was eligible to transfer, Michigan would be a great landing spot. And that's exactly how it transpired. And so I, you know, why back off now? Yeah. Look, you have nailed every single Shea Patterson pick that you've had to make so far. <laughs> so. so far. Now, this is this is going out on a limb. Um, you know, I, I, I could see that uh, he's, not a, he's not a favorite at this point in time. And I, I thought about going the safer route and take, taking Tua because I think, you know, Alabama is going to be good. And if he's the quarterback, he's going to get a lot of buzz. And that's probably the safest pick of those three quarterbacks by far. Now, of course, I do have to acknowledge the three quarterbacks I named, not a one has made a start for the team they currently play for. So I'm, I'm taking a little bit of a risk with all three, I guess. Oh, that's fine. That's what that's what August 1st picks are about. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, uh, my Heisman pick of 2017, not as good as my last few years. Jared Stidham did not 
really come through for me. And yeah, he was okay. But, uh, you know, after my Lamar Jackson, Jameis, Derrick Henry, uh, even Deshaun Watson, who didn't win one, but twice a finalist, I was on a hot roll and it, it, it cooled last year. So let's see if I can start it up again. I'm on no roll at all. I mean, you can well, pretty much take to the bank. Well, that the Badgers will struggle and Jonathan Taylor's not going to New York. So I was going to say, Aaron Murray did win a Heisman, didn't he? Or no, was it just that you picked him like three years in a row? No, I picked him three years in a row. And he, <laughs> uh, he attended the ceremony once, uh, I believe. I believe he got to one his junior year. Was he really? Was he a finalist? Maybe not. I don't think he was. I mean, he had some good years. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he was terrible. But I don't think he was ever a Heisman finalist. Maybe he was, though. No, you're Maybe right. You're right. He wasn't. I'm confusing him with somebody else. Okay. Someone that you didn't pick. Well, yes. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> Obviously yes. <laughs> I can't remember. Who did you pick last year? Was it Darnold? Uh, yeah, it was. Okay. And, and I thought so. It, look, it was not a bad choice. I mean, he, he was good. I, I'm not... I've never picked somebody and been horribly wrong, except on a dark horse. My Stephen Montez right. dark horse. Stephen Montez, terrible. yes, yes. No, and that's, I mean, hey, that's the purpose of a dark horse. Um, you know, I, uh, I I pat myself on the back for Jameis Winston in 2013, and I will as long as I have the ability to reach my arm back and pat myself on the back. But if you recall, and I'll own it, I was real close to taking Blake Bell, and he ended up converting to tight end. Uh, so, you know... That, that worked out well, but I almost had a real embarrassingly bad one. Yeah, you're, but you saved it. Whereas mine, I did. Are just, I did. Mine I are just did. out James, there and bad. You know, Jameis will always be the 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 one for me. I mean, I picked him before he'd ever taken a college snap, and he, you know, went undefeated, won the Heisman, won the national title. It doesn't get any better than that. It might equal it at some point, but it will never get better than that. One of the things that lets me know it'll never be like that again is every time Shea Patterson throws a touchdown, I don't get a text <laughs> alert. That says Shea? Yeah. No, you do not. <laughs> I don't know how many college touchdown passes Jameis threw, but however many it was, I sent you that many texts, including yeah. a couple when we were right next to each other at the <laughs> Pac-12 title game. Yeah. It <laughs> but I wasn't breaking that tradition. Yeah. You don't mess with success. That was no, the that no. was the lesson. That is correct, and I kept it going. I think into year two, but I know I did it every single one for for year one. That that started organically when he when he tore it up on Labor Day night at Pittsburgh in his debut, and and I just you know kept it rolling from there. Yeah, you were not shy about reminding me that Jameis Winston had thrown a touchdown. I loved me some Jameis, and I still do you know, through all his flaws and his foibles. I'm, I'll always be a changer. Jameis is like Vince Young. Like, whatever his NFL career is, is icing on the cake to me. Because Florida State is one of my favorite schools, always has been since I was a little kid. And he was he was the guy. Oh, yeah. It makes total sense. I mean, Jameis and Charlie Ward are like the, you know, Charlie Ward was my first, you know, guy I was a fan of. He was the quarterback when I first fell in love with Florida State. And then Jameis was the guy who came along and like got him back to national powerhouse level. So, yeah, those those are the guys. They're they're made men, as far as I'm concerned. You'll get to hear who else Matt loves when we do our NFL previews. 
That's uh, right. That's right. That is, might even talk some Jameis. That, that is the next set of things you will get. Um, perhaps one next week, and then honestly, you're on your own for like ten days. You're going to just have yeah, to fend for yeah. yourselves. But well, we've given you a lot of material these last couple of weeks, so go back, listen to it again, take it all in, soak it in, and, and we'll be back with with more football preview in a few weeks. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.